Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And today, oh boy, did we watch one of the uh, episodes that is 100% based on a uh, book. Yeah, most of these are original. There aren't that many uh, Tony Hill books, but this one is, in fact, based directly on a book. Now, they've changed it somewhat. I don't know. Have you read this book? No. I happen to have. This is one of the two books of the series I've read. This and The Wire in the Blood. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a solid book. They've changed a bit. They've lost the subtitle. Uh, subtitle. Oh my God. The subplot. There was a whole subplot where a, uh, a cop was obsessed with tracking down this pedophile who had killed a kid. And uh, he has taken off the case because he's, you know, uh, drunk and he's and his life is falling apart. And he ends up following the guy out into like the moors somewhere and uh gets killed but the cops do catch him so it's a cute little side story that's going on when everything else in this story is happening i say cute it is obviously bleak and depressing this is wire in the blood i'm not you know delusional about the show i'm talking about no 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 uh, but yeah it's good yeah no and they had to change um carol for oh yeah of course carol for alex uh you know absolutely but uh, it's not it's not like the th her and Tony's relationship is a giant part of this book anyway. It's it no. is just a, an adventure. It is just a, a mystery. And it's actually pretty close. Like the main thrust of it is actually very similar. Like the main storyline and the main events of the storyline are actually pretty darn close. Uh, but we'll talk about that when we get a little deeper into it. Let's start with where the story starts. Tony. So he's in with a um, patient, of course, one of his mm -hmm. patients, and he's just sitting there and his patient doesn't talk. And when it's five o'clock, I guess the time is up for when Tony's going to finish and it's five o'clock. And so the orderly comes in, right? And you think the orderly's a little creepy. Um, yep. <laughs> You know, and the orderly brings brings him out and they're walking through the asylum so he can go back to, or they're walking through a common area, the nurse's station in a common area. And as they're walking through the nurse's station, something comes on the... Um, the TV screen. TV screen, and he sees it and he goes crazy. Yep. It turns out he hasn't spoken. He just goes crazy and rips the place apart. Mm -hmm. And so um, the, the, the head of the, we'll call it the asylum. For lack of a better term. Yeah. <laughs> the mental hospital. Um, the head phones Tony, the head doctor. Because of course, Tony had uh, been done an assessment on this guy and been one of his treating clinicians. Yeah, it's one of his treating, and he had just left anyway. Yeah. And so so, so he phones him and says, yeah, he's just torn the place apart. Mm -hmm. And nobody knows why he's torn the place apart. Yeah. Just, it's a, it's a, it's a murder. 
of this woman. So well, no, and we Tony gets a great moment where he's like trying to think. Well, something you know, what is different today than every other day he walked oh, yeah. through that room? And That's Tony true. notices that the TV is shattered and asks, "Did he shatter the TV?" And he's like, "Yeah, we he actually was walking by the TV when he went nuts." And mm-hmm. to, so Tony's like, "Well, there you go." And so we don't see Tony do it, but obviously, go Tony goes and finds out what was on the news. Yeah. At the time, the guy freaked out and finds out about this woman who was brutally murdered. So sex workers are being tortured to death. Yeah. And then he so he he calls uh, what's her face? Alex. Alex. Now, (laughs) I got to remember Alex now. Yeah. Uh, So he calls Alex and says, well, you know, this new murder you've got, I might have something for you. And she's like, how could you possibly? How could you possibly? I'm not telling you anything. Well, no, there was one before this, eh? Yeah, yeah. And he said, this and this and this and this and this. Starts giving him the details of how the the guy kills. Alex is just freaking out. And Tony says, well, why didn't you call me in? Well, we thought it was a one-off. It was five weeks ago. Yeah. Right? You know, nothing ever happened again. So so we haven't even had a chance to think about calling you in, you know? They don't call them in on every murder in Bradfield. No, you know, some of them are just murders, just murders, just plain murders. So, oh, absolutely. Anyway, so Tony says, Well, I may have something for you. (laughs) (laughs) And, Uh, yeah, it's uh, like, and I know who did it. But the problem is, he's locked away. Yeah, the problem is, I know exactly who did it. But he hasn't spoken a word in years. Mm-hmm. He's been locked up. The minute he was found guilty, or the minute... The minute they put the cuffs on him, he shut up and he hasn't spoken since. And he hasn't spoken since. Yeah. And they can't even figure out whether he's schizophrenic or whether this is... Yeah, because he will not participate in therapy in any way, shape, or form, or interviews or anything. Yeah. He was convicted and he was sent to jail forever without ever, you know, speaking up in his defense or confessing or anything. That was just like, they've got the evidence. They got the, they got him with the bloody razor knife. So let's just, uh, yeah, let's just lock him away forever. Yeah. And the only thing is that every now and then he kind of looks at somebody and they get kind of wavy. Yeah. He yeah, has they, a sort of a hallucinatory experience. Yeah. Now, of course, they don't. We know that because we're looking from his point of view. But the, you know, Tony doesn't know this because the man doesn't talk to anybody. No, he just doesn't. It's not information. But yeah, we know that it's like he sees people with these warped, shaky faces. Yeah. And that's an interesting note about his, like, whatever his personality disorder is. That's definitely like he can't recognize people. He can't focus on people. Yeah. So that's every time yeah. he looks at someone, they, they're shaky. Yeah, it's an interesting, like, it's an interesting visual effect. And of course, it sets up a bunch of stuff later in the story. Yeah, it's the spellbound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a very creepy effect. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, now, but now Tony's in this weird position where he's like, okay, well, who, like, how can this guy have done it when he's in jail? And so it's like, is it a copycat? How could somebody have known? Did this guy recruit someone to murder for him as we've seen someone do in the past like then there's any number of things this could be but and it, tony doesn't know what it is but it turns out it can't be because he hasn't even had a and, phone call yep in all not of that phone time call, not a visitor nothing. nothing 
and yep. he doesn't like sounds. You know, yeah. We he is very that. sensitive to sound, we learn. Yeah, we can see that. Now, when is it that that he oh no, it's the next time that he go Tony goes to see him. Yeah. So he goes to see him. To try and get some information out of him. Alex comes and watches and he's there for five hours. Yeah. And at the end of the five hours, of course, Alex is going, well, what the hell was that? You know, <laughs> got nothing except at the end of that five hours, he turns around and says to Tony, shh, that's all. Yep. That's it. That's it. And so, of course, Tony's going, well, okay, this is the first sound this guy's ever made to me. So he's all puzzled by it. Alex is just going, well, what the hell is that? Shush. <laughs> it's yeah. Tony. Shh. <laughs> he's tired. How, how is that useful? Uh, it's like, well, and Tony quite, uh, you know, quite reasonably points out that like any change in behavior is oh. meaningful. Yeah. That's the thing. Any change in behavior is meaningful, even if it doesn't look like we're going to be able to use this for anything. The very fact that he communicated something is a complete departure for this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So Tony quite appropriately finds this amazing. Yeah. No. And and that this is part of sort of a key to discovering really what's going on, but it takes Tony a while and you can understand why it takes him a while. Yep. So we I mean, it's, yeah. It's not an obvious thing. And meanwhile, there's another murder. Yeah. There's yet another murder. So mm -hmm. there's someone going around. And so they're trying to figure out and Paula comes up with the brilliant. Yeah. It's Oof. funny. The story isn't as it's a pretty straightforward story. Yeah. This and oh yeah, I mean there there aren't a huge amount of twists and turns. Uh, there's a new character that they're working with who's a vice cop, mm -hmm. and because it's only sex workers who are being murdered, the vice cop is in the investigation. Yeah. Because she knows about all of these people, and she doesn't like profilers, and she doesn't work with these people, and it's a yeah. woman who's who yeah. who's uh I guess she's in charge. She's a oh yeah detective. Chief inspector of her part her of her division. Chief inspector, yeah. Yeah. She's another DCI. So she is, uh, she can pull rank. Yeah. And what's interesting is now, this is one of the parts where it differentiates from uh, it, the novel. It's, yeah. And I'm a little, uh, I'm a little annoyed at the fact that it does differentiate from the novel, mm -hmm. which is uh, that in the novel, there's a big, like, there's a huge part of the novel is the fact that, like, they cannot get any information out of the sex worker community. Ah. Right? Over and over. Yeah. Like, there's all of these scenes of them trying to interview other people who knew the victims and who worked the streets and not, like, people not being willing to talk uh, for best. one reason or another. And that's actually very important in the book to how they figure it out. Well, no, that's, that would be, that would have made, and now, okay, it's only an hour and a half long. <laughs> yeah. It would have needed to be two hours, maybe. to Yeah, to get that kind of element in. To get it in, except that that's a key, mm -hmm. because that is the one complaint you can make when you get to the end, when Tony figures out who it is. Yeah. That would have been one of the key 
to how the killer was getting away with it, how the yeah. killer was finding targets. Like there's, yeah. there's so much that is unlocked by the fact that like they're not able to get any information and it's very frustrating. And the, the character from the book, the woman who is in charge of, you know, vice yeah. is, you know, uh, constantly is talking about how frustrating it is that people refuse to talk about this and yeah. always talks about how, you know, you can't trust any of these people on the street because they won't work with cops and it makes her job that much harder. Yeah. And that's kind of key to how all of this I works. I wonder if I've read that book. Maybe you have, if you're remembering some of these details. <laughs> I'm remembering some of these. It's good. I mean, it's yeah, I, it's a very good book. I really, I really enjoyed it. Again, very bleak. It is a wire. It's like it's a tough read. It's a, you know, but yeah, it's but I, I thought it was a very good one. All right, so um, yeah, they've there's been a new murder, and Paula has the idea that okay, well, she'll go out uh, as bait because she's a young enough looking blonde woman like the other victims. So maybe. Like, they can catch this guy. So they have a whole set of, uh, they have a whole set of protocols for how she communicates with them, a code to use if she needs to get pulled out, and they're ready to go. Uh, we, we do a fun, <laughs> we do a very fun thing, uh, when they're watching her from the van and, uh, the, the vice squad officer does the uh, does one of the mental guess the number tricks, which she believes that's all that psychology is, just like simple tricks. Yeah, which is a nice scene. And then Tony points out that like no one is going to come on to this woman if she's turning down it because like she's supposed to be waiting for the guy of the profile yeah. that um, Tony wants. Like he's, uh He's like, this guy's going to ask you for, to be tied down, ask you for yes, uh, some kind of a bondage uh, thing. And so just wait for that. But as Tony says, nobody's going to approach you if you're turning everyone down. They're going to assume you're a cop. Well, so Tony has to fake hire Paula. Yeah. He, well, he sort of fake hires Paula, but it doesn't, even that doesn't work. He just says, just let it go. Yeah. They, you know, and um, no. they have to go back the next day and try again. And try again, but he's as he said. Look, you're, she's new to the street. Mm -hmm. she's, new, she's new, so this guy's going to be very cautious anyway. Nobody's yeah. ever seen her before, and she keeps turning guys down. Yeah. And so I, how is this ever going to work? Yeah. So how is this ever going to work? You know, uh, got to get some vice cops to take her off to the back room or something. You know. Yeah. Make it more convincing. Make it more convincing, and. um so now, what is it? That, because something it's at this point, I think that Tony goes off to. Yep, he uh, sees the. He goes to try and get more information out of the first gets, killer. He get no. He gets some kind of a weird insight that maybe he's been looking at this all wrong. Yeah. Because somebody says shh to him shh when she's on the phone when Alex is yeah again on the phone yeah she's on the phone. Yes, and he, she says shh to him, uh, right in the same way that the uh, the killer had, and it's like, oh yeah. my god, that's that, that the that's the way you shush someone when you're listening on a phone when you're listening to somebody else. Yeah, and so he says maybe we've got this all wrong, and he decides he's going to go back. Yeah, and and that's right. when we do the wonderful sequence with oh. the uh, Matryoshka dolls. Yeah, well, the all the toys, mm -hmm. Matryoshka dolls. Everything. Really like that scene. 
I really like that scene a lot. And as Tony says, it's, 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 he said, so he says to him, he says, so there's somebody inside. It's a real yeah. voice. And the guy nods. Like, mm-hmm. you're not crazy. There is. Yeah. You're not schizophrenic. There's actually someone in your ear talking to you. Yeah. And that's the key that helps Tony figure out what's been going on this whole time. Yeah. Like the, the reason the two people can have the same MO exactly mm-hmm. is be, not because, you know, one guy was in communication with the other one, but because both of them were working for a third party. Yeah. There's somebody else out there and he tells this to Alex and she's going, well, what do you mean? We're going to go look for this rather than, and you yep. know, uh, Tony says, yeah, you got to find the person that's controlling them. They're controlling, yeah. they control this guy and mm-hmm. then they control, now they're controlling it. Whoever guy. the new guy is. Whoever yeah. the new guy is and we got to find the controller. Yeah. It doesn't matter if we find the killer because the killer is just going to grab somebody else. And then Paula goes out again mm-hmm. and the guy does show up. Does show up and grabs her. And grabs her, knocks off her transmitter. Yeah, the first thing he does is slice the transmitter cable. Yep. So they can't hear her microphone anymore. And uh and they assume in the in the car, they assume that it's just some kind of a uh, a microphone error. Yeah. Some and so and so for like the two minutes where he's walking her down a series of alleys, she has no idea that she's not being tracked and listened to anymore. Yep. And that's how he's able to uh, grab her and take her away. Yeah. Oof. And so then, uh, then, of course, the big freak out is finding Paula. Yeah. And it becomes the big focus. And they start pulling in every conceivable person they can to try and find Paula. Anyone who has any association. Anyone who could possibly be the the one working with this killer. And they don't really have any leads so they just start dragging people in. And yelling like it at is, them. It is a big mess. And yelling at every single person. What did you see? What do you know? Just trying to, desperately trying to find you, anything. You did this. Oh, no. No, yeah. you didn't do it. So go check his alibi. You're free to go. <laughs> I know. The guy they yell and scream at. Uh, and that was the vice cop, right? Yeah, the vice cop yelling and screaming at him and humiliating him. And then be like, well, we just had to make sure. Yeah. We'll, check, we'll check out your alibi, but you can go. Yeah. You know, super helpful lady. Super, and, and he just keeps looking at her, right, rather than say anything, because he's going yeah. to get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but this mental torment is the price I have to pay to get out of here. Okay, fine. So they're all focused on Paula, and they're all yeah on trying to get to Paula. And in the meantime, Tony is saying, "Look, we got to find the guy." Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter who right. the the guy. Yeah. It doesn't matter who the guy. Kill, uh, like killing people the killer is. is. Yeah. It matters who's controlling that guy. Yeah. And, and of course, but they don't have any leads. And and they're they're also freaked out about Paula. You know, I mean they've yeah. let her down. And we we see a couple of times we see the killer. Yeah, we Paula. see well the henchman. The henchman with well, he's the one that does the killing, but yeah. Um, oh, there is one point we missed that we should have uh, we should have mentioned one uh, two things. What? Right. Uh, one that uh, the um, 
that the killer we saw with a victim forcing them to reenact a rape fantasy yes. where she's a 15 year old girl and that the vi the victims are all dressed uh not dressed oh, they're yeah. all they all have um nail polish uh nail polish painted on them and crucially it is nail polish that they stopped selling 20 years ago yeah so this is something about the That's past. Right. And then and then Tony goes looking for the nail polish, a, a, a similar color or whatever. Yeah. And then and shows and she goes in and shows the sales. Shows the woman at the counter. Who then calls the cops. Quite understandably, you know, I think. You know, so they have to bail Tony, get Tony out of this mess. <laughs> yeah. himself and you. Yeah, I mean that was yeah. That was a very funny scene. Yeah, you're 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 one 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 point, only yeah. one in this entire episode where there's yeah. a little bit of comic levity. Yeah, levity. There's no levity in this episode. It is not other than that moment. No. That's that's the only episode when he shows her the toast and the cup of blood. Yeah, it's like I'm looking for this color, a dead woman's foot. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, and we know Paul's in danger because generally the guy kill, like grabs women and kills them and just leaves the body to be found. But this time Paula hasn't turned up. And so they know he's keeping her alive for some reason. Yeah. And they and Tony's idea is, well, it's to mock us. Mm -hmm. Right. It's to show that he that show that he's got power, show that he's in control. Yeah. This whole thing is about his control over us. The, kill, the, the controller that is not the actual killer. Who's just a guy doing what he's told. Yeah. And, yeah. And so it's it's a very good reading. And we see, and we see at one point with Paula where he says, I've been told I'm not to hurt you yet. And yeah, I can't exactly. do it, but I have to But yeah, I have to wait until I've been, you know, given permission. Yes. And yeah, so and that's part know. of what's going on with this guy. Now we know that Tony's on the right. So at this point, after the nail polish episode, this yeah. is when Paul, when Alex says to him, "Can you push the yeah. other guy? Can you get something out of the other guy?" And uh, it's crucial because she asks him to. Don't worry about being a doctor. Don't worry about what it'll do to him. Could you get more information out of him? If if you don't care, if you don't care about ethics, if you don't care about patient care, if you're not acting as a doctor, if you, Tony Hill, are acting as an interrogator, can you get something out of it? And Tony and Tony thinks he can. And Tony says yes. I mean, he just says yes. I, yeah, of course he can. You know, of course, if he used all of his tricks, he could. And he's um, and so he does agree to do it. Mm hmm. And he goes back. Yep. And because Paula is starting, I mean, because Alex is finally starting to understand that if they don't get the controller, they may never find Paula. Yeah. Yeah. There, it's the only way, it's the only hope they have. Yeah. Right. And so that's, no, it, it is, he pushes him, pushes mm -hmm. him by saying you've been replaced. There's somebody that was telling you what to do in your head. And now you've been replaced because you were stupid and you got caught and yep. he just pushes him and pushes him. The guy still won't break. Mm -hmm. And he writes, he actually writes rather than talk. He writes faith on the wall that he's faithful, that he's faithful. 
And then he tries to kill himself. Yeah. Now, he doesn't succeed. No. You know, and when they're talking and then Tony starts talking to the um, because it turns out that the two the two orderlies aren't really creepy. Um, and um, Tony is talk did talk to the orderly at one point. I don't know if it's right now. He talks to the orderly and the orderly said, yeah, we had to take we have sort of music, a music system. And he destroyed yeah. that. He never wanted any noise. Because he was just waiting, clearly. I mean, now we know he was just waiting for the voice to come into his head. To come back. And he didn't want anything you know, that could have possibly blocked it out. Yeah, could have possibly blocked it out. Well, and of course, Tony is, you know, Tony is trying to make him. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to. So the guy has realized that to some extent it's never coming back. That's what Tony tells him. The voice is never coming back. Yep. You're not good enough. You've been replaced. And uh, yeah, so. And Tony. Uh, so Tony's like, okay, the transmission. And so he start, and we see the, uh, so the transmission, the listening to people. And he starts going, okay, uh, what, what do we know? And we see him put together this big board of all of the facts we know about the case and all of the things. Wow. And then he realizes, and then he realizes of all of these pieces of information, only one of them actually matters. And that is the moment the guy walked up to Paula, the guy, the first thing the guy did was cut the wire Mm -hmm. of her communications back with the van. Meaning the guy knew that the guy had to know that she was a cop and that she was bait. And not only that, but exactly how she was wired. Yeah. Because if she had felt him feeling her up looking for a wire, she would have, you know, made some effort to make a lot of noise. Yeah. So he didn't just know she was wired. He knew exactly where she was. did it right away. So she couldn't alert anybody that she was. Mm -hmm. And that's the key. And uh, this is, this is important. And so Tony says to everybody, here's what you have to do. Uh, and it's it's interesting because he plays coy with the idea that the killer has to be a cop, right? Sort of. He's he sort of says it, but he's weirdly coy in his phrasing of it because what he says to them, what you're looking for, uh, I want you. To, he says, I want you to think back to all the people you brought in, and you have to understand that this new killer would not have been freaked out to be in here because. Uh, the villain, right, the victim, sorry, the killer would not have picked someone. So forget rapists, forget sex criminals, because the killer wouldn't have picked someone who has their own fetish, who had their own stuff. This is all about exercising their own fetish and their own fantasy. And he wouldn't, the killer wouldn't want someone who might bring their own. So you're going to want someone who could get close to these women who they would trust, right? Uh, who they wouldn't think of as scary, Right. But when he you talk to him, he's not just a regular guy. He's someone who is used to talking to the police and more importantly, wasn't afraid of you because he knew that he had someone covering his back who was going to make sure he got away with it. And and Kevin immediately knows who they're talking, who he's talking about. There's this one guy. Yeah. Who just kind of looked at him and who said who wasn't afraid because. Yeah. 
he was going to be, um, he, he, he knew that his back was covered. Exactly. He knew that, he knew he that someone had his back. Someone had his back. And he said as much. Yep. And, and so they're like, this is the guy. And so it becomes, we have to track this down if we're going to find Paula. And unfortunately, they track him down and find that he's already dead. And of course, it's been made to look like a suicide that he was shot in the head. But uh, they notice immediately that shot in the head in his bed. Great. Uh, Where's the pillow in the bed? (laughs) Which I thought was a nice catch. This bed doesn't have a pillow. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, i.e. the coffee Tony, because Tony didn't go off. No, didn't go with He's him. still working on this stuff, right? Yeah. And then in comes the vice cop. Yeah. And and they're having this discussion. About the usefulness of profiling and psychology to crime solving and her belief that it's all a bunch of bunk. And besides, in this and this this whoever this person is, is getting away with it, making you look like going on and on and on, making you look like fools. Look like fools. And and by the way, are, this is, uh, I will say, from a writing standpoint, good job here uh, by the writers uh, with the way they write this character. Because, I mean, I hope you've seen the episode by now. But yeah, she's the killer, yeah. obviously. But uh, this is really the first intimation you're going to get. Yeah. And I mean, because I've read the book, I don't know how I would have... Um, you know, I don't know how I thought of it the first time. Well, the first time. I don't remember because I read, I watched it the first time when it originally aired, but I don't remember whether I figured it out or knew what was going on then. Uh, but the. Um, I didn't. But when I read the book, okay, I mean, maybe I didn't either. When I, because I've read the book, obviously I can't separate the book out yeah. now that I'm watching it again. But it is nice the way they write it. Before she's obviously been outed as the killer. They write this wonderful scene uh, in all of the dialogue. She always refers to the cops as you. Yeah. And that is a nice touch. Yeah. She's referring to the cops as you. It's the killer versus you. Not versus us. Yeah. But versus you. And and the thing is, Tony never comments on it. It's just there for the audience to notice. And not only that, but Tony, but I, I think you look at it and Tony does no. Oh, he does. He know. knows that that okay, this is the person. He he, does, he he probably didn't know it before. No, before they started talking. Did this whole did this whole thing then Tony knows. Yeah. Yeah, then Tony Tony knows. Tony knows which cop it is cuz Tony does figure out pretty quickly that it's probably a cop. Well, it's got to be a cop. It's got to be a cop, and it's got to be a cop that's involved, but it doesn't have to mm-hmm. be her, because there are other cops that would have been... Oh, there are other cops working all, these cases. Yeah. Well, all of the this whole case, because there, there would have been cops when she had to go and get dressed as a prostitute. There's the cops that are yep. hooking up the transistor. There's all of this mm-hmm. others. All these-, all these cops that it could have been. Yeah. But when he's talking to her, he knows, he just knows yeah. and part, that she's, well, part of it is she's enjoying it too much. Yeah. yeah. She's enjoying it too much. And as you say, she's going, you, not we. We're yeah. You, being, she's. Alex would have said, we're being made look. Made to look like fools. But she says, you're being made to look like fools. They've got all the power. Yeah. Whoever this is, he's got all the power. 
not yeah. a victim because Tony talks about this person as a victim that something is. Mm-hmm. And then, and so then Tony goes and talks to Alex and Alex says, you're not, you know, and he tells her, you're not going to like this. Yeah. You know, you're not going to like this. But this yep. it is, I mean, we don't see that. We don't see the conversation. We just see that he goes to talk to Alex. Yeah. And, and, um, so that. And then he searches the vice, um, uh, right. He searches the, the vice officer's stuff and finds an address and goes out to that address to look. Cause he figures yeah. this must be where Paul is being held. Yeah. And then the vice cop is there waiting for him. Now, what's and he's like. What's interesting, yeah. though, is that he's already with Alex. We have to assume that they're creating this diversion to this. Oh, of course. Right. Because yeah. that's why, because she knows that Tony's probably cottoned onto her. And mm-hmm. she's. But Alex and everybody else go uh, make it look like they're going to search somewhere else. Yeah. And Tony's going to search this place. Yes. Specifically to deceive her into thinking she's tricked them. Yeah. Uh, because Tony Fawn says, uh, uh, he says to her when she shows up and pulls a gun on him and says that Paul is not here. Uh, he's like, just FYI, uh, I told Alex and this is a trap. <laughs> like he doesn't, he's not, no, he's not, he's not brave at all. He doesn't try to like get more information. He's like, by the way, I told Alex everything. This is a trap. You're caught. And she of course just doesn't believe him. No. Because she's arrogant and she thinks she's smart. Yeah. And Tony does tell her exactly. He said, I'm so sorry you were raped. Yeah. You know. And that it gave you this obsession with becoming the. Control, right. Beco- controlling. Uh, men yeah. And make. Yeah. Like it. it is a weird. What the. Brain it's an was. interesting take on a motive. Yeah. And it is. It works. As I recall, it does work. I don't know that it's from the book, though. And I'll tell you what I remember about the book. We would have to check the book. But uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but the uh, but the grand finale is, of course, yeah, the cops all show up. <laughs> and the rest are because Tony was not lying. And they are able to get to where Paula's is being held. And Paula is rescued. And whoo. Happy ending in a very rough episode. Very, very. It's a very dark, dark. It's it's as dark as any of the episodes yeah, they've done funny. because it is the room psychiatric yeah. hospital. So brilliant. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, we forgot to mention that she phoned the hospital pretending to be Tony's assistant yeah. and uh, ta- does talk her previous victim into killing himself. Yeah. Yeah, we did not mention that, but that also, it's not important to the resolution, but, you know, it comes back to the idea of the voice and him being faithful to the voice. And so when the voice finally refer, uh, returned to him and and, and tells him to kill himself and part of, I think the thing, and we didn't mention it's a little important because I think part of what, you know, solidified Tony's idea of who the killer was is that it was a woman who called pretending to be his assistant. Yes. And that is, so they, that did factor into finalizing. But I mean, the key elements were already there, but that did factor in somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, uh, and this is why I don't remember if she, uh, had, if they had the same explanation of her backstory and motive in the book, be, in the book, 
because I distinctly remember in the book this element of the plot being that she was, that, like, essentially the villain that they were looking for was, like, just a known uh, rapist. Someone who would assault uh, sex workers because there was nothing they could do about it. And if they ever tried to talk, they might wind up dead. Because, and so the, and this is why none of the sex workers would ever talk to them. Because the person in charge of Vice was this woman who sexually assaulted prostitutes whenever she felt like it. And, you know, would make bad things happen to them if they tried to tell anybody about her. Oh, yeah. but And so she's this long, and the thing is, she has this long history of actually herself sexually assaulting women in the book that is not... Okay, you have read the book and you remember yeah, this part. And that is left out of the because show. Because I can sort of see... You're remembering that part of it, right? Cracker did something along those lines as well. We'd have to check. Uh, but yeah, I do. I distinctly remember that aspect of her backstory. And yes, motive. Okay. And so, and that does not turn up in the show had, But I think they did a really good they did a very good um, job. I'm not saying they didn't do a good job of creating an explanation that actually, is satisfying. As I said, they've only got an hour and a half. Yeah. And so, yeah. so what they had to do was create a different backstory. To give yes. them credit, unlike Criminal Minds, who doesn't bother with backstory. <laughs> well, sometimes they well, do. Well, some, sometimes they do, but geez, if they haven't got any time and... Yeah, no, you're right. They're very, they are very short episodes. So that is something where they get into trouble. Where they do get into trouble. Whereas here, I. Yeah, they have the room. Is, no, to me, it was a, um, a reasonable backstory that they did manage to create. I think they and, sell it and, well. I think at the end of the day, they do sell their backstory. Yeah, and well. Tony, because Tony's talking to her, and there you were, you know, you were 15 and you were getting ready to go out with the girls to yeah. a party and you put the nail polish on and you did this that and you were happy and then something bad happened yeah you know? and it colored the rest of your life yeah and so i think that that um it works i mean i'm not saying it doesn't work i'm saying it is a departure from the well book. it would have to be though because you would have to have there's you need a lot more room to get into this character's relationship with the entire Bradford <laughs> sex worker community. Yeah. Right? Like there is there's a lot of extra plot and extra characters you need yeah. to do the version of the story that is in the book. And so I understand why this motive and this character are a simpler version of it yeah. that's much easier for people to digest. Mm-hmm. She was a victim who became a victimizer. Like, it's easy to wrap your head around. You understand the, like, you understand the broad strokes of this history immediately. Like, I totally get why they did it. I'm just, I'm not saying it's better or worse. I'm just saying I remember, I distinctly remember the different version of it. And I remembered really, like, thinking the book was very good. That's not a complaint about the episode. I think it's a very good episode. It's just an option. And remember, they had to have Alex. They had Alex to deal with as Instead of, yeah, instead of Carol. Carol. And consequently, Alex doesn't have as much to do in this episode as she did last yeah. week. Yeah, and here's here's the, and she will have more to do in the in subsequent episodes. Oh, absolutely. But I think, I think what happens, right, is that because I have read some of the other books, and so I do see there's a lot of deviations. Uh, yeah, there are. That, that I really am um, 
convinced that McDiarmid is really good. Yeah. Because she can manage, right? Oh, totally. To make those kinds of um, changes or, or just follow through with her vision of Carol and Tony. Um, So I have read others of the books. I just haven't read the early. Well, I obviously had read this one because when you're talking about it, but I must have read it a long, long time ago. And because she doesn't, she puts like 10 years between books. I know, right? So frustrating. All of a sudden I went, what do you mean? Oh, there's another one. Okay. Very frustrating. (laughs) Well, she's got three series, so it's like and she's writing all of these different things. So, yeah, exactly. You know, it's um, it, it yeah. So I can be forgiven. I probably read that that one maybe fifteen years ago or twenty years ago. Yeah, so it's been a yeah. I mean, I think the book came out in like two thousand and six, so fifteen years. Yeah, ago. fifteen years. Something like that. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah, you know. Um. So, and I've read a lot in between. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> and then picked up, picked up. Uh, so I'm just sort of. Yeah, no, it's easy. It took me describing the major differences for you to remember. And that's I, completely. But I remember it as a separate book. Yeah. But I mean, they, as, I think they did as good a job as adapting it as they could have, yeah. given the limitations that they're like of, as you say, the format and the show. And length. plus, he is always the psychiatric patient. Yeah. Right? It is. Like, and it is Tony's ability to communicate with these damaged people. Right. Uh, and they managed to make it satisfying in both. And, and you needed that wonderful scene with all of the toys. Like, yeah. and the communicating and never forget that. it's not just the matric, not just the Russian nesting dolls. Right. It's yeah. also the, the other, um, like the teapot. He's got a big teapot and a little teapot, right? Yeah. He puts the little teapot in the big teapot, and you know, and and the guy will throw away all these others except that there's just two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's trying to communicate that there is the voice, and as he's trying to communicate about the voice in his yeah. head. Yeah, without no, it's, talking, it's a good scene. Without talking. Without talking. All without he's talking. He's promised never to talk. Now, yeah. He doesn't talk. Oh, man. It's good. It's. I mean, it's a good episode. It really is. It's, uh, as we say, it's rough. It's It's going to ruin your day, but it's a good episode the of the first show. Time I, the first time I watched it, I do remember her sitting there with Tony. And so you're watching Tony's facial sort of expressions he holds everything kind of back and you're looking yep. and she's as you say enjoying herself too much and you're going oh dear it's probably her but because because mm-hmm. you don't have it's true because if you'd had the fact that all of these uh working girls aren't yeah. going to talk to the cops and just ignoring the cops and it it would make you focus on the fact that hey this person who's in charge of like looking at Vice, pretty bad at her job that she has absolutely zero contacts in the sex worker community. Yeah. And the thing is, you don't notice it quickly in the book because there's a bunch of other characters that it could be. Yeah. 
And I think that is the bigger issue. There's a bunch of other characters it could be in the book, but there aren't any other characters it could be once you realize it's a cop in the show. So they can't go down that rabbit hole of, yeah. you know, the bad relationship she has with the sex work community because it would make it too obvious who the killer was. Yeah, right from the beginning. Right from the start. That would be a big problem with the episode, like, because you'd know right away, well, hmm, this woman who's supposed to be in charge of investigating these crimes seems to be really bad at investigating these crimes. I wonder why. Yeah. Uh, and that's just not there in the show because there's so much else going on. Uh, sorry, in the book, because there's so much else going on, including this entire subplot about, you know, yeah. one of the go- cops' life fl- uh, falling apart and trying to catch this pedophile. Yeah. Like, there's just too much going on for you to notice it. I mean, again, it's a good book. Like I really liked the book. Again, it is, it is a rough read like all of them, but I did really like the book. And this is like we say for a number of just production standpoint reasons, this is the best version of it. We were going to get. Yeah. Even if I don't know that it is as good as the book, this is definitely the best version of the book we were going to get on the that's show. All I I ask. That's fair books, say. books. When, yeah. when you adapt, all I ask is that it stays True to the main line yeah, of the, the book, the story of the book. Yeah. Um, yeah, and beyond that, just do your best. Yeah, just do you do your best when you're adapting. And uh, I always mm-hmm. go back to the Stephen King, David Cronenberg story. Yeah, the the dead the zone. best the best adaptation of a Stephen King. I think so. Um, that I've ever that I've ever seen. Yeah. It's fantastic because it completely captured the spirit of that book. Yeah. Even when it was deviating from even the book. when it and it had to deviate at the end. Uh, but yep. it deviated from the book, except that the result in the end is the same is the book, same. Yeah. Right. Uh, so it's um but Cronenberg had to tell them to Fight tooth and nail to uh, no, he yeah. just told him, I'll Steve. take it after four directors or five directors. I'll take it if you don't let Stephen King talk to no, me. No, you get Stephen King off the set and I'll direct the movie. I'll bring you a good movie. <laughs> yeah, and he did. It's a damn fine yeah. movie. So people it's it's one of those ones that it's not that history is forgotten, but history doesn't talk about it enough for how good it is. Yeah, Dead Zone is is just just covering Christopher Walken is just I mean that's magical yeah, in that sold movie. me on Chris Anthony Zerba um um Martin Sheen yeah obviously. Martin Sheen of course Martin Sheen the forerunner of Donald Trump um yeah truly great Martin Sheen performance yeah, yeah. Truly took, a different, took a different took a different way but started off yep. you know as a Fred Poole and a Donald Trump yeah, I know. It's very Those two things, you know. Um, anyway. Uh, not that's... poorly. Uh, not poor. Uh, but not, yes. It's, um, uh, what's his Fred? Yeah. Fred. Yeah, Fred, uh, Fred Dalton Thompson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Fred Thompson, the uh, former senator of yeah. all things. Anyway. What which happens, is crazy to think right? about. What happens is um, this whole populism business. Oh yeah, it's probably. I mean, well, the one thing about Stephen King is is that he very suspicious of that kind of authority. Yes, and all of his until all of a sudden he got into his middle aged and kind of went a little bit. Uh, 
well, there's there's a bunch of stuff that happened with Stephen King. I would never underestimate, you know, his near death experience with. Uh, well, it's it's problematic. I mean, he grew up in this this fundamentalist religious stuff, and yeah. uh, you know, and and he could, and that's what he saw. I mean, he could see what it would do, and so you saw that in so many of his books. But anyway, in the early books, which I feel oh, better yeah. than the later books, but um, except for the one on Kennedy, that was fascinating. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Kennedy books, uh, 63 is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. And now I'm just thinking about, uh, now, now I'm just thinking about late Stephen King and yeah, he, he went to some weird places. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there was a places. point after Misery where there was one I started to read and then, I mean, that the one with the dome was the book was yeah, under the, the book dome. was really really bad and the tv yeah. series worse yeah somehow somehow or another <laughs> the tv show got worse uh yeah right so no it's a very you know, like he's had a weird late career yeah. is i think the the best way to say it like stephen king his his later years have been very strange yeah so we're and that's the nicest way yeah, to say we're it. not going to uh, go there. It, no, we're not going to we go there. see yeah. the end of, did you see the end of, let's just, let's just say wire in the blood. It ended well. Paul is fine. Uh, yeah. Paul is fine. We'll all be back next week yeah. for the one about. The and then, reasons. so now I have to bring up the doctor. Oh, who. Yes. Oh yes, of course. You did see it. Yeah. I saw it. And of course, um, it's it's great that we got to have the doctors back. Yeah, like it was, again. I mean, part of it I, it was such a mixed thing. Of course, I had students. One student in particular who was just a fanatic, right? Um, yeah, of course. But we taught. We did talk about it after class on Thursday, and I I watched it. I went. There were times when I was bored. Um, yeah. and thought there were times when I thought, geez, I would have preferred to have seen this on the big screen. Uh, <laughs> it would have yeah. been so much better. Um, uh, now yeah. he loved rah, 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 uh, the Rasputin dance, Rasputin dance yeah. right? Except yeah. that, that was fun. That was fun. It was fun. I had to, when I talked about it, I liked He's not our he's not our best master, but the uh, yeah, well, he I'm not gonna pretend the, that he wasn't couldn't fun. do the uh the Russian dance with the legs up though. Because no. they cut him off at his knees. <laughs> well, it's a very hard thing to do. And it's like, what are you gonna do? Bring in a dancer for one day just to do that? And the answer is, yeah, that is what you do, guys. Just spend just the money. Spend Bring in the, the dancer, money. put CGI his face onto the dancer, do the dance. Come, Come on. on. Rah, spend rah, the rah, money. Rah. The last episode you're doing, Chris Chibnall. Just go yeah. for it. Well, you know. Anyway, so that was um, yeah, not not the greatest doctor, but it was interesting on and off. Yeah. I wish that as a farewell. Yes. And all of the other doctors, and then when the two doc the master and the doctor emerged, and then then yep. then the master is coming out thinking that he's not being affected by the doctor, but there he is wearing all these different parts. All, all the different, different pieces of the doctor's costume. Right. Uh, you know. Although I got to say, it, the one thing that puzzled me about that is he's like, I'm going to destroy your reputation. Everyone's going to hate the doctor. But you still look like the master. 
Why is anyone gonna, isn't everyone just gonna think it's the master doing this stuff? Like putting on the jacket the doctor used to wear 40 years ago isn't gonna convince anyone that the master is the doctor. Like he should have been in control of the doctor with the doctor's face if he wanted to do that. But then they would have lost the visual of the master wearing all of the doctor's costumes at once. You know, I mean, there, there's all sorts of things you can... Plot-wise, it, it had a bunch of problems. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's a million different problems, except that she was finally behaving like the doctor. I know. And I'm going, That's why so couldn't nice. you have done this in the beginning? Because I watched the first four. We wouldn't have lost those. Yeah, we wouldn't like we wouldn't have ter been turned off those two seasons had you written her this way the, the whole time. time. Because now finally she's turning into the doctor, and yeah, and in her last episode. in her last episode, and then of course the ending with the regeneration was just perfect. Yeah, it was very. And sweet. we now have to wait for a year, and a month. Uh, I know before we get David Tennant doing the handoff. Yeah, well, uh, David in the next Christmas guys. special, that's not going to be until November you know, Christmas special 2023. Yeah, yeah, apparently November 23rd is what my 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 uh, my student told me. I mean, he's on all the boards, right? He's got all these okay. chats on all these documents. So it's it's a while away, is the point. Well, they want every. I suspect because Russell Davis is coming back. And yep. I suspect he wants to read all the message boards and he wants what everybody's <laughs> talking about and the rest of it as. He wants to plan this out just right. Yeah, I mean, it was so nice. And there's David Tennant. He re oh, I recognize. I, I remember this tongue, <laughs> these teeth. It was very funny. It's it very was funny. very funny that. It was. And it's exactly how you want David. Uh, it's like you immediately remember how much you used to love David Tennant Doctor in that moment, yep. you know? Yeah, it was. Like they did a great yeah, job. So, there. I thought that was so. I mean, fun. there were all sorts of problems with the episode, but I did like not only seeing the previous doctors, but I also liked seeing the previous companions. Oh, yeah. Tegan and Ace coming back. That was delightful. And then the the support group at yes. the end with all of the <laughs> other ones. The support group was oh, wonderful such a oh, nice I choice thought, so yeah. i was the and then i thought no i can't be the only one <laughs> i know experience that i can tell nobody about Start yep. this has to happen to other yes, people it has to have had the doctor has had to have had all these other companions and so he's so, looking yeah oh so nice so they get yeah once no a month, i mean whatever there's there's a bit there yeah. yeah it was there's a bunch of fun stuff in there um chris chibnall's doctor who stewardship was a disaster not going to pretend it wasn't no. a disaster it was two terrible seasons and an awful miniseries uh it had some of the worst episodes of doctor who there's ever been chris noth played donald trump and we were supposed to be mad at him for killing spiders and then the doctor kills a bunch of spiders <laughs> like <laughs> seriously like what what do you what did you think you were doing this? They had the god awful episode that was like apologia for Amazon? Like did Amazon pay you to say that it's fine that Amazon grinds its workers into dust because that's what your episode of television is about? It was it no, I mean the whole thing was bad. It was bad right from the beginning. She just like yeah. you have to when you have a new doctor, 
yes, they're allowed a certain yeah. amount of, you know, leeway, leeway to, to figure, figure out. out who they are and you can give them. But they didn't yeah. know what to do with a female doctor and they didn't, they forgot that she was the doctor. I mean, this yep. is what I, this is what I ultimately said to my student, right? She, for, they forgot she was the doctor. Doesn't matter mm -hmm. that she's female. They managed to do it. They managed to have a female master. With no trouble no at all. No trouble at all. So why the hell were they having all this trouble with a female doctor? Yep. It's very yeah, weird. Yeah, you know, and, and it's. They spend so long trying to figure out what to do with her. And it's like, no, you should have known that before you started. And I don't know. I don't know who picked out her clothes in those. Oh, you didn't like the suspenders and the oversized pants, the clown pants? No, nobody liked these suspenders and the clown pants. Can't see my, uh, my know, face right now. I can see your face, but the, the listeners, listeners can't. I mean, anybody after uh, anybody after Peter Capaldi was going to be a step down, but Chris Gibnell just had no idea what he was doing. No, and and I and I and it was I was really happy to have a female doctor until. Uh, oh yeah, you know, and Peter Capaldi. It was great, and I'm super excited for the new doctor. He looks fantastic. Yeah, so I can't wait to see what they do with and, him. And so, yeah, Peter Capaldi. Hopefully, he will still be alive to to. Uh, to do one of these type of episodes. Yeah, you know, five years down the road, because he that would be very didn't nice. want to be in this one. As he said, it was too soon. No, absolutely. No. no, you can't bring, you can't immediately bring, Bill just went off to fly across yeah. the universe <laughs> with her, her alien girlfriend. You can't bring Bill back three years later just to have Peter Capaldi mm -hmm. show up. You know, you can't bring Clara back for obvious yeah. reasons. You know, and so yeah, like no, it's uh, it, it's it it's for the best that they did it the way they did, and getting the check ins with the old doctors was yeah. nice. And I mean, I like I said, I didn't think much of this version of the master, but he got a nice send off. Yeah, he was well. Yeah, yeah I it, it, it's like you you really struck out with both the doctor and the master. The it master, worked. like Chibnall, just didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, and you compare that to, and it's like you look at. You look at what Stephen Moffat did, and I know Stephen Moffat's divisive to everyone but us. <laughs> we just love every second of everything he does. Uh, but it's like that moment, right, where at the end of so for so he does um he does Blink, which is the best like uh, the probably the best episode of Doctor Who ever. Oh my god, Blink! Oh, I know it's perfect. And then so he says to Carrie Mulligan and the you know who played Sally Sparrow and the guy who played Larry Nightingale. Do you just want to come back as, uh, you know, do you just want to come back uh, as companions and we'll just do, do a whole thing? Like, you'll be on the show for a couple of years. And Carrie Mulligan was in the middle of becoming a famous movie star. So she's like, no. <laughs> and so what did he, did he give up on that? No, that's who Rory and Amy were. They're the exact same two characters. He just did those characters again. And he's like, you know what? I don't care. I had a good thing there. I'm going to recreate that good thing rather than letting it uh, rather than letting it go just because the actors didn't work out. And likewise, at the end of season um, at the end of season three, when the master has taken over England and he's brought the toplophane from the future. And it's it's a very fun two parter. Yeah. Right. It ends with him saying to the master, 
no, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to throw you in jail. Your punishment is you have to hang out with me. You have to stay with the doctor. That's going to be your punishment. I'm going to keep you with me until we figure out what's going on with you and you figure out what's going on with me and we'll get over this. And of course, the master then has his wife shoot him so he won't have to do that. But Stephen Moffat said, actually, no, that was a great idea. Why didn't we actually do that? And so then we got Missy and then we got (laughs) Missy and Peter Capaldi and we got a whole season of her hanging out with the doctor and it was some of the best stuff they ever did. It was perfect. I, I, Yes, I mean, I, yeah, anyway, but all I can say is she got a good send-off. She did, and I'm not going to say she didn't get a good send-off. There's there's stuff I will say, I have a lot of bad stuff to say about Chris Chibnall's run on Doctor Who, but I'm not going to say we didn't get a good send-off. We got a really, really, really. It was a satisfying send-off. There's there's good parts and there's dumb parts, but emotionally it works. And I mean, I think... It needed to work emotionally, and it did work emotionally. And at the end of the day, you can call it. That's all you had to do. That's the thing. You tear up. Did you tear up at the end? Did you tear up at the end? Yeah. Well, then Then it worked. worked. That's that's what I said to myself. If I'm sitting here and there are tears coming out of my eyes, it was, it worked. It It did its thing because. Well, and what I want to say there is, and you could say, well, he was just leaning on. He he was just leaning uh, very hard on the existing history of Doctor Who. All Doctor Who does yeah, that. Every Doctor has all, every Doctor has Who all leans on the history the of Doctor doctors Who. Is for like, her if you didn't want to lean on the history, if you don't want to lean on the history of Doctor Who, why are you making Doctor Who? The value of this show is that it's been around for sixty years, and it has this deep bench of emotionally resonant content to plunder. You know that's that's what makes it so satisfying. So I don't blame him for doing something completely exploitative with Tegan and Ace. I loved that he did something completely well, was, exploitative was the, with Tegan and Ace. The one before, was it, I can't remember where they were in the, the with the curator and stuff. Yeah, no, that was the, the Day of the Doctor, the the giant special where Tom Baker yeah, shows and my, and my favorite At the museum, yeah. Oh, what can I say? Magnificent. It was magnificent. Yeah. No, I, I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. All right. Uh, so that's going to be that. We're going to wrap up here before we talk about Doctor Who for another 20 Well, minutes. no, we're not, going, we're not going to do that. Although we could, you know, no, we no, could do a whole... We could. We are in the, that's the thing. Like, that's, After all, we you, love were, Doctor Who you, you were not, you, you were breastfed on Doctor Who. <laughs> like, I have been a Doctor Who fan literally my entire <laughs> life, you know? And that's just a fact. I've never not been watching Doctor yeah. Who. So yeah, loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, love that ending. Did was getting there a chore? Sure, love that <laughs> ending. <laughs> it's satisfying. It's just satisfying. All right. Uh, so we're gonna wrap it up here. Thanks so much for listening. As always, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling related fiction you'd like to check, at, uh, like us to check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail We would love to hear from you. We are going to be, uh, oh yes, if you listen to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, please be sure to rate and review the show. That's how people find it. We'll be back here next week for episode 403 of Wire in the Blood, which is called One More Hole in the Heart. Hole in the Heart, that should be a blast. And of course, we are now officially 
by the time you hear this, we're well into November, so we are starting the countdown just three weeks till we get new episodes of Criminal Minds. Yeah, the tw- whatever and day. Wait. And it must be after the game. I yeah, suspect they're I not. We'll see. I Black Friday right after the game, I assume. Yeah. No, no, it's going to be on right. the Thursday. Oh, the sorry. So the Thanksgiving yeah. Thursday, not Black yeah. Friday. Yes. All right. Uh, so we'll see you here for that. But until then, I'm going to say that's right. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.